Hey, everybody. It's that time again for the iPhone photo show. I'm Jefferson Graham. I'm here with my good pal, Scott Bourne, and we are going to be talking all things iPhone photography today. We're going to start off by talking about how to make really amazing prints from your iPhone. We're going to do a sneak peek at the iPhone 14 camera. Scott's got some other goodies in store for you, and we have an interview with Mark Barros from Moment. Let's say hi to Scott. Hey, Jefferson. How's it going? How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning into the show. It's going to be a big, a big one and a good one, and I can't wait. Just want to remind everybody that this show is brought to you by our good friends at Platypod, and Scott's going to tell you all about their new product and why we're both so excited about it. Platypod has been a supporter of this show before they were an official sponsor. They gave away a lot of prizes for us, and I love the Platypod Extreme. It's their new Platypod. It's got a Kickstarter going right now. We'll have a link in the show notes. It's already been like massively overfunded. It's 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 got a whole bunch of backing, so it's going to get made. Larry has made every Kickstarter he's ever started. Um, it, it just really is a well thought out product. I've actually got one. I got an early one to test. And with this thing, you can go anywhere and basically turn anything into a base for a tripod without the tripod. And you got to take a look at it. It's got these cool little legs that fold and unfold. Uh, it, it's very sturdy. People use it in motion picture production. They use it in simple you know, macro setups at home. It's got a wide variety of uses and Platypod has been very good to me and very good to us as the photography community. So check that out at platypod.com. And the other thing to check out is our website, iPhone Photo Team, where we encourage you to sign up and share your iPhone photos with us. Join the community. See what other people are doing. Get inspired. Uh, chat with us. Um, all sorts of good things, Right. You can you can take free courses, you can download free ebooks, you can post your pictures and let people comment on them. You can comment on other people's pictures, and if you do post pictures, you're automatically entered into our contests. And Jefferson, I have exciting news, very exciting news. Yes. In the past, we said if you had to have a U.S. address to win a prize. And that's still kind of true, but we have a backup solution. You must have a U.S. address to win the prize we're offering because we can't ship anything overseas. But if you live overseas and you win, we pick your picture, then you will receive a credit to go behind our paywall because starting next month, we are going to start offering some paid stuff. Like the vast majority of everything we offer is free, but there will be a few things that you have to pay for. And we're going to keep adding those as we go. You'll get a credit that never expires that you can use behind our paywall that equals the value of the prize we give away. So now everybody's eligible to win. Please put your pictures in there. We've got some really good ones, Jefferson. I can't wait to see more. Uh, speaking of good and big, you wrote a really great piece this week about making giant prints from your iPhone. Now, people say, okay, you can do great work with your iPhone, but it's still, they're iPhone pics. They're small prints. They're not, they're not archive quality. They're not stuff you would hang in a museum. You would beg to differ. You're going to have a show of iPhone prints coming up soon. Tell everybody about it. 
Yeah, it's either the end of this year or the beginning of next year. We're negotiating with the gallery still over their percentage. But um, I'm going to do a one-man show. It's going to be seven to nine pieces, all from my iPhone. They will be images that started on an iPhone. And the minimum print will be 30 inches on the longest side. The largest will be 40. And I got the first test print back this week from White Wall in Germany. And it's 25 and a half by 40 from an iPhone. Let's be honest. How many of our audience have ever printed 40 inches wide? I bet it is an infinitesimally small number, Jefferson. I've gone 20 by 30. Yeah, and, and I'm talking about people that have full-frame DSLRs. They still probably haven't printed 40 inches. But it is absolutely possible if you're using the right technology and you have a really good lab or you want to do it on canvas with a, 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 a pretty good lab, you can do it. Now, the, the secret to White Wall, and White Wall is a German company. The print came from Germany, very well packaged, is that they have a hardware RIP. A RIP is a raster image processor. So they use it to res up the image. And I consulted with them about the process I wanted, the whole nine yards. And it's important to note, Jefferson, this is using a photographic process, sort of like a darkroom, printing on Fuji Crystal DP2 archive paper. It's then set under acrylic glass, and it has a silicone seal. And the reason all of that's important is it costs a lot of money to do it that way. The silicone seal never is done by U.S. labs. I don't think uh, it, it's too expensive. And without it, you can have bubbles and flaws that temperature or humidity cause, so it's good to have it. The adhesive uh, from even the best photo labs I've tried here is not as uh, robust, I'd say. Uh, and the acrylic glass has built-in UV protection and is nearly unbreakable. So, uh, now, it cost a lot of money. Right, because that was my first question, is when you're talking about this, I'm thinking $300, $400, $500? What are we talking about? you got to go north there just a little bit. I don't want to disclose the exact amount because I'm selling these in a gallery, but it was more than that. Okay. Um, so for the people out there listening that say, okay, that's great. Scott has lots of money, and he likes to go spend big time on, on some of his stuff. And... Jeff is really cheap. It doesn't. <laughs> okay. But they want to make some nice prints from their iPhone. What about some of the labs here? Who have you worked with? Who have you been impressed with? Well, if you're going to have a canvas print made, Jefferson, then any of the labs we've talked about on previous shows, Miller's does a good job. Uh, they work with a lot of professional photographers. And it'll be a lot less expensive. And, and the other advantage to canvas is... You can go 50 inches on a canvas because canvas hides a lot of flaws. When you're printing in a photographic process, then, you know, everything is exposed and, and you can't hide anything. It, it has to be sharp. It has to be right. And, um, you know, so on canvas, those kinds of errors kind of disappear. And, of course, all of this depends on viewing distance. Now, the pixel peepers want to know if they bring a monocle and stand with the monocle touching the print, will they see any pixels? And 
I'm sorry, that just isn't how it works. There is an appropriate viewing distance for every size print. And uh, in fact, in a future uh, column I'm going to write for PhotoFocus, I'm going to actually give you a formula for how to figure that out. But you stand a couple of feet away, and it's appropriate. I mean, when you look at a billboard in, in your car, if you were standing up next to the, the billboard, the, the pixels on that thing are the size of your, your body. But uh, from the car, it looks great. So you have to keep that in mind. But there are plenty of canvas labs here, and you don't have to spend this kind of money. But keep in mind, I am doing a gallery show, Jefferson, so that requires a gallery-quality print. Okay, so for those of us who aren't, um, Miller's, which Scott just mentioned, has a consumer-facing uh, division called MPIX. Because uh, for Miller's, you have to be a pro photographer to sign up. Um, I've gotten canvas prints from Canvas On Demand, um, Snapbox Prints, place that most of you haven't heard of, but they do work for Costco. They do great stuff. And look out for their coupons because they're always having a sale of some kind. Uh, that's that. And as far as prints goes, I like MPix. I, I even like Shutterfly. I just don't like making books at Shutterfly because it, uh, it, their software is awful. But getting prints, you have a lot of choices. Now, the, here, here's the, where the real rubber meets the road, though. What will that print look like in 10 years? I can tell you, because I've printed with all these people more than 10 years ago, is the, 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 the prints will fade. There's no question about it. And there will begin to be flaws, maybe bubbles. Um, the, the canvas stretch will fail. Uh, you get what you pay for. And they'll so, fade. And they'll fade. Yeah, they that's what I said. That's the first thing I said, they'll fade, yeah. The, the advantage of the process I'm using is these prints will not fade unless you point them at direct sunlight 24-7, which you're not supposed to do with any photographic process. But these will last, and Whitewall guarantees them for 75 years. All right. So Scott will have all the info in the show notes. You can click the link and maybe look at a smaller print. Maybe it won't be as expensive, and maybe and it'll be worth your while. I just want to say you are absolutely right. If you want to make a smaller print with white wall, you can, and it will be much less expensive. The point here is I'm printing large just because I want to, you know, I'll be honest. I want to tick off the full frame mafia that say you have to have a full frame sensor to make a, a big print. You don't. In fact, when I was with Olympus, I had nine foot wide prints made from white wall from my micro four thirds sensor. So don't buy into the hype, folks. You don't. You just don't need a full-frame sensor to print big, and nobody prints big anyway. <laughs> so I'm doing a gallery show. That's the whole, the whole reason for this. Okay. And I thought it would be a good experiment. Okay. Well, speaking I, speaking of will, megapixels and sensors, uh, okay. let, let's talk about the rumors about the iPhone 14 uh, coming out in September, where Apple is expected per Bloomberg and some of the other people that look ahead to have a 48 megapixel wide camera lens uh, up from a 12 megapixel. And as we know, Samsung has been touting their, their 50 megapixel and their 100 megapixel lenses. And it, I think it's all vaporware. I don't think it means anything. I don't think the sensors are gonna be any larger. Is it, Scott? Well, if it isn't, then you might have to find out about your iPhone 14 from Jefferson because I'm probably not a buyer. I, I, you know, I just don't 
want to support that thinking where more megapixels is better because it ain't i'll point to the sony xperia phone which is the most expensive cell phone you can buy it has a one inch sensor now it turns out that you're not using all one inch of the one inch sensor a couple of times they won't explain when that is exactly but they crop in maybe 10 percent to do some stuff uh, some tricks but the iphone sensor is six tenths of an inch it's you know it's not big enough to support 48 megapixel without getting a lot of noise. Now, I do realize Apple's the master of computational photography, and they may make this look good. So I'll, I'll hold my judgment. They could confuse the sensor somehow into thinking it's bigger. I don't know. I've, we've, you know, we're having the same show we've had a couple of times when it comes to this part of the show. I don't believe that 48 megapixel sensor is the way to go. I would rather them have things like a tray where I could put a micro SD card and add a gigabyte of storage. Yeah, well, that's not that will never happen. So know. we know that. Yes, I would prefer a three point five inch uh, jack so I can put in a either headphone to listen or a mic to record. They aren't going to do that either. Both of these things are available on the Sony phone, and. You know, the Sony phone is ridiculously expensive, and it's really just good for being a camera. Everyone I've talked to that's used it said it sucks in almost every other way. The five main complaints are that it's Android, 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 and Android. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would be really happy with a one-inch sensor in the new iPhone. That would be great. And if Sony can do it, if Sony can put a one-inch sensor in their camera... If Sony can put a tray in that lets you put physical memory that we could copy back and forth between our computers and our cameras, if Sony can put a 3.5-inch jack, why can't, why can't Apple? Well, let me, let me just remind all our listeners that the um, number two division at Apple is called services. It, it comes in after the iPhone and above Mac and iPad and wearables. And that's where they're making a boatloads of money. Uh, I was just listening to the earnings call. It was up 17% in the last quarter with all those nag messages saying, you've got to subscribe to iCloud. That's why they're never going to put a memory slot in there. My question was rhetorical. I know. Let's, um, let's talk to Mark Barros. Mark is the uh, founder of Moment which we've talked about a lot on this show. They make accessory lenses and cases. So many listeners have wanted to know which lens to get. Do they still need to get a lens, an accessory lens, to put onto their phone when Apple has three of them on the top of the line iPhone? Mark has the answer. And Mark, first of all, thanks for coming here. The, the, the number one question I get is, do I need an accessory lens? Now, now that the iPhone has the top of the line one has three lenses. Um, do you still need an accessory lens? Let's sort of start there. Yeah, there's two that are still really popular. A Tele 58 we sell, which gets you kind of a more natural look closer to the person versus kind of zooming on your phone. And the other ones that do really well are these anamorphic lenses. So we have kind of a gold flare or a blue flare, and those give you great uh, video features. So I think the two things you're seeing from customers they want is more video on the phone. So there's a bunch of great accessories for video and then more zoom. So that Tele 58 still does really well. So when you put the 58 on on your 77 millimeter, does that get you to one and a quarter basically? Basically, yeah. Okay, so a lot closer. 
like the yeah. old 135 that, that many of us grew up with. Yes. Uh, <laughs> once upon a time. And uh, what does a lens go for? Is it about $100? They're about $100. Okay, but you need the case to put them on, right? We have two ways. You have a case you can use, uh, or we have a, a lens mount that'll work that's universal for any phone. The cases are better because it's they're fixed right over the interface is fixed right over the phone and they hold better. The universal mount works. I wouldn't say it's as great as the cases. Okay, so uh, your cases work with MagSafe and also you can put on the filter. Yeah, since iPhone 12, we started putting a magnet array in every case. We kind of have our own setup of the array, so it's much stronger. And then we have a family now of mounts you can use for your phone that nobody has. So you can attach your phone to a tripod for photography. You can attach it to a, a little filmmaker cage. So we've added a bunch around MagSafe for photographers that no one's done. And so that's been pretty popular. And that works with or without a case. But our case does have MagSafe magnets. Okay, so run me through that. You can connect it to a tripod. You're connecting a case to a tripod? Case or phone. So anything that has MagSafe, you can connect straight to a tripod. So you've got a tripod mount. We've got a cold shoe mount. So you can put a quickly put a light or a mic on your phone. We've got a filmmaker cage. So you can hold your phone with two hands and attach things to the cage. And so MagSafe's really opened the door for just making it easier to hold and attach your phone. And for photography, that's great because there's certain shots you're not going to use it in your hands. And the one thing we didn't talk about was filters because that's another question we get all the time. Do you put an ND filter on your on your on your phone? ND polarizer stuff like that. Your cases let you put the filter right on it, right? We've got a mount for filters to work with and without a case. So you, there's a nice little mount. It's for 67 millimeter. That's the size we've we found works the best because the 67 millimeter is big enough. It goes over all three lenses on the phone. You can buy a 37 where you just move it. Imagine moving it on your phone. But 67 is the best. So we have a mount for your 67 millimeter filter. Any 67 millimeter filter you screw to the front. And that mount works with or without a case. And then, yeah, when you get to filters, we kind of have, you know, the VNDs are pretty popular, right, for kind of helping with sunlight. Um and light. And then the other one's really popular, these diffusion filters. They give you that kind of cinematic style and look to your videos. So I'd say in the filter world, we see either help me with bright lights or help me with video. Okay. And those filters go for what? What's the range? It's a 67 millimeter. They work on your regular camera too. So they're newer from $40 to, you know, 82 millimeter be much larger, but a 67 millimeter is 65 bucks. Okay. My biggest so issue is stray light that comes in and makes makes um, makes marks in in the frame that that if I had a lens hood, I could get rid of. Have you dealt with that issue? It helps a little bit because you actually by the time you put the mount on, it puts some space between you and your phone. So we've actually found it helps a little bit just by the physical location of it. We haven't built you know lens hoods. Um, we did do it's interesting these this iPhone 13. We tried these UV protectors. You can buy for the front of your to protect your glass on the front. It'll pop into the case. So just like that interface pops in and out, it pops to the front of the case. That's actually been really popular. So if you drop your phone, you don't have an issue with your lenses. All righty. Now, I don't think most people realize that once upon a time, GoPro had a action camera competitor, and <laughs> that was you. And uh, yes. <laughs> they, did, they didn't own the category, but you were there either right when GoPro started or right before, right? And Contour. That was the that was my first company, Contour. Every mistake you can make, I made that one. I thought the best product wins the market, and GoPro kicked my ass and showed me that is not true. So I've taken everything learned from losing to GoPro and I've brought it to Moment. And what what was your inspiration for Moment eight years just, ago? I, they, they start simple. We were just using our phones more and more, and we missed kind of the traditional experience of a camera. And so we just started making products. 
And then we started building the brand through our own content, kind of like a YouTube a creator, an influencer. And we started putting other products in our content. People were clicking through and buying. So we actually kind of moved moment from a product company more to an online retailer and marketplace. That's been a big change for me. And we kind of found that what was happening is people were trusting the retailer more. They trusted Amazon. They trusted a Target. They trusted. And so we actually started to move moments. So we weren't just beholden to a new iPhone accessory. And that's been great because <laughs> to your point earlier, just waiting your whole business tied to if it works or not is just killer. Yeah. I, I just, I can't imagine that. I mean, you, you know, the accessory market that just waits on every breath from Apple, which doesn't tell you anything, right? No, nothing. What's actually been awesome, Jefferson, is seeing how people have gone from like the phone creatively and then they start using like a film camera or they get a first camera or they start playing with a drone. So we've really seen this explosion of like, I try, I have lots of cameras, if you will. But a lot of people still start on the phone and then they kind of expand to the next one. I think 70% of the cameras we sell now are to first-time camera owners. Anything coming up that you want to plug? We just have more MagSafe accessories coming. That's probably our next product. Um, I don't think we'll have more lenses, but that's probably the next thing or more MagSafe products. Already. Shopmoment.com? Is that the website? Just Google Moment. We're Moment on Instagram, YouTube. So... Look us up. You should find us. All right. And and you're on Twitter too, right? Uh, occasionally. Occasionally? <laughs> Are you Mark Barros, uh, at Mark Barros on Twitter? Yep. Okay. But you want people to go to the website and shop moment. Mark, yeah. thank you so much. I can't wait to try every product that we spoke about today. I'd like to talk to Scott for a second here about how to make a phone more responsive. What happens when you're waiting for the camera to open up? or you're waiting for, uh, open up the time-lapse app and it takes a while to get there. But Scott's got 10 ways to make that happen, doesn't he? I do. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting, Jefferson, that best practices are often ignored when it comes to iPhone cameras because people just take them for granted. Well, you know, I've got one, it works, I don't need to worry about all that stuff. They'll go to great care to take care of their DSLR, but they need to show that same respect to their iPhone camera if they want it to give them pro results. So here's here's the list very fast. Turn your phone off at least once a day. This clears out the memory. This clears out the background processes. It'll run faster. Close apps you aren't using. In fact, delete the ones you don't need. As everyone should know by now, I have a phone that I just use as a camera, an iPhone 13 Pro. It has very few apps on it. Stuff that could help me with my photography, photo apps, uh, and nothing else is open when I'm using them. Clear your iPhone cache. This is real easy to do in Safari. Just go to click clear history and website data. Now, you you will have to re-enter passwords again if you do this. So some people don't like to do it, but make sure you delete any apps you haven't used in at least 60 or 90 days. You can always re-download them. Keep your system up to date. That's in the, This is a no-brainer because there's always bugs, Jefferson, and they're always looking for them and finding them and fixing them so the phone will operate better then. Now, here's a real secret that a lot of people don't know about. Low power mode. A lot of phones are running in low power mode so they can give the illusion of massive battery life. Sorry, you got to turn that off if you want to be a serious photographer to get the type of performance that Jefferson and I anyway want out of our cameras when we're doing work. Be sure to turn off your automatic downloads, background app refresh. This stuff eats into both system memory, processes, etc. 
Uh, and here's something you may not think about, but if you're taking big pictures or videos like raw pictures and shooting in ProRes, these take a lot of storage. So if you've got messages that friends have sent you that have pictures or video or music, back them up and then delete them from your phone because they're taking up storage space you could use to go out and record more footage. Also, turn on reduce motion. This is settings, accessibility, select motion, turn on reduce motion. Uh, what this does is it speeds things up because the special motion stuff slows things down. So you want to you want to reduce motion. And lastly, turn off the dadgum location services unless you really need them because then it's constantly in the background checking to see where you are, burns up your battery. These 10 things are a best practice. Now, you can write me and say, Scott, I don't do any of those things and my phone works fine. That may be true. I'm simply telling you that it could work better if you did these 10 things. I'll have a link to this article in the show notes. How much faster were you able to get the camera open this way? Oh, I didn't time it, Jefferson. I just felt it just, you know, I'm a simple guy. Things feel snappier. That's my metric. Yeah, it feels snappier. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, now, it, you know, it's your experience may differ. For me, it, it's it feels snappier. I'm not saying you you can't get away without doing any of these ten things. You can, but if you just re, you know, people will go to great lengths to set their DSLR up just perfectly. Why not go to the same lengths to set up the iPhone? Yeah, I have been so frustrated out in the field. I see something and I want to take that shot right away and I just have to wait, you know, through the uh, opening the camera and then getting the app open. So I'm going to turn everything off for next time. I'm going to follow your method. Yeah, tell me what you think. Uh, but it couldn't, be, it couldn't be worse, right? Uh, exactly. Here's something that I can promise you. The performance on your phone will not get worse if you do any of these 10 things, but it will get better. And in some cases, noticeably better. It's funny. The places, uh, where, uh, the places where it will most get noticeable to you are battery life and storage. Uh, the funniest thing is that so many people, I'm sure, I know this happens to you too, but they're always, oh, hey, you tech guy, come over here, help me um, solve this problem for me. And I say, have you rebooted? And they go, No. And then they reboot and the problem goes away, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's the number one fix always. Yeah. If you buy Apple care, the first person you talk to is going to say, reboot your phone. Yeah. And have you updated your software lately? Yeah, that's exactly right. Those are the first two questions they're going to ask you. And then they're going to make sure you've done that. And you can save the call if you do those two things most of the time. You're right. It's just, it's so crazy. that I know people that have left their phone on for a month without turning it off. <laughs> and they, they, my phone's really running slow. Well, here's why. Turn the dadgum thing off and back on again. It's not a big deal. All right. So there's your tips. Now we're going to jump into our picks of the week. I've got a few uh, in mind, but uh, actually, let, let, I'll go first here. Be, um, we had a lot of response on the iPhone Photo Team website when I wrote about time-lapse photography, and I think we talked about it last week, and, they said, and I said that I wanted Apple to update in iOS 15 
or 16, whatever it is, the, the next iOS, I wanted to see in a time-lapse app how much time is allotted and gone by. And I want to have the ability to change the frame rate and to do all sorts of things. And a couple people said, well, you know, there's apps that can do that now. And so I looked into it and gosh darn, so there are. I'd rather Apple have this I, because it's right there in the camera app, but our good friends at Moment, they've got time-lapse in their app and Spectre and Skyflow all will give you th some of those variables that I've been asking for. Yes, that is true. And I have used the Moment app. It's very, very good. All right. So what's your pick, Scott? My pick? Well, I get a lot of jazz from people about picking stuff that's too expensive. So this is the least expensive thing I have ever recommended ever in the history of mankind. It's the Ulanzi Bluetooth phone camera shutter and grip. It's $17.95, and they'll even ship it to you free from B&H. So sales tax is the only other thing you'll have to pay. But if you walk around with nothing but this in your pocket, it doesn't have to be on your phone because it installs in one second. It has a Bluetooth shutter on top where it belongs, right above the grip. It gives you a nice grip so that you can hold the iPhone like you would a camera. And it has a tripod socket in the bottom so you can mount it on a tripod. This is if I was on a desert island, I could only have one iPhone accessory that would improve my iPhoneography. This would be it. It is really good. It's plastic. It's nothing fancy. And there's a couple of Kickstarters for something that looks similar to this that costs like 180 bucks. So I, you know, for me, under 20 bucks, I don't think you can beat it. Scott, I'm glad to hear that you've got something for under $20 that the rest of us can afford. At last, thank you very much. Keep it up, my friend. Keep it up. <laughs> All, All right. right. It's against my nature, but I'll try. Okay. Um, don't forget, everybody, that um, we have a monthly contest on the iPhone photo team. We're looking at everybody's photos, and we're picking a winner of the month. What is the latest prize, Scott, for May? The latest prize is a grip. It's a cage kind of grip system, and it is extremely well done. And I think I have a picture of it on the site so you can see exactly what you're going to win. It's from our friends at Dream Grip. They provided this prize, and we thank them for it. And that is this month's prize. All right. So you can find Scott and I at the iPhonePhotoTeam.com. We're there every day checking out everybody's work, commenting, talking to the members of our community, which isn't it almost hitting 500 at this point? Getting real close. Getting close. So let, let's let's close the gap, everybody. Everybody listening should sign up and, and get us over that 500 mark. Uh, you could also find me when I'm not there on Twitter and Instagram where I'm at Jefferson Graham. Don't forget to listen and watch the PhotoWalks TV episodes on YouTube. Uh, We're just finishing up our road trip of the amazing Highway 1. Scott, where else can people find you besides the iPhone photo team? I'm on Twitter at Scott Bourne. I'm also on Instagram at Bourne.Scott. Don't ask me why it's different, but it is. Facebook is Scott Bourne, and I have a website called scottborn.com. 
And, of course, he writes a column for Photo Focus every other Monday. So check that out as well. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening to the iPhone Photo Show. And uh, Scott and I will be back with you next Friday. If you're really a big fan, you'll tune in at 6 a.m. Pacific time because that's when the episodes drop. Right, Scott? That is it. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. See ya. See ya.